You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 23rd, 2020, season five of Locked On Magic. My name is Philip Rothman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk all about free agency, the moves the Magic made, the moves the Magic didn't make, and what this all means for the upcoming 2021 season. We'll have all that coming up here in just a moment. Plus, we'll talk about the biggest sporting event in Orlando over the weekend, an insane game that I think even people who aren't familiar with the beautiful game will appreciate. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to check in on how Wessel Wundu will fit in with the Dallas Mavericks? Check out Locked On Mavericks or DJ Augustine with the Milwaukee Bucks. Check out Locked On Bucks. No matter what team you're interested in, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Before we dive into the larger implications of what these moves mean, Let's just lay out the groundwork of what the Magic did during free agency. It wasn't very much. In fact, most of it was retaining their own players. The Orlando Magic re-signed James Ennis to a one-year deal. They re-signed Gary Clark to a two-year deal worth a little bit north of $4 million. And then they signed Dwayne Bacon to a two-year deal, a veterans minimum deal, uh, with uh, the team option on the second year. Not a whole lot. And now the roster is full. That's it. That's all. That's all the Magic did. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. It's not a very exciting free agency list. Um, You know, entering the the offseason, obviously, the Magic knew that they were not going to have a ton of uh, capital to spend. They weren't going to have a lot of money to spend. They didn't have any cap room. In fact, the team is over the cap and slightly under the luxury tax line. They're comfortably under, but, but still slightly under. Um... They only had the mid-level exception to spend. They had the they had the mid-level and the biannual exception to spend. Excuse me, um, but really no other way to improve the roster aside from retaining their own players. Oh, and Michael Carter Williams also resigned with the Magic two-year deal. There, I knew I knew I'd forget one. But that's that's it. That's all the Magic did. They resigned Michael Carter Williams. They resigned Gary Clark. They resigned James Ennis. They added Dwayne Bacon. That's it. The biggest off-season acquisitions to this point are drafting Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki coming off the injured list. Not exactly the offseason a lot of us probably imagined, and I'll get into what the implications of all this are in a little bit. But undoubtedly, the Magic, understanding how little cap room they had, decided to spend their offseason, or spend their free agent capital, what little they did have, and destroying up their depth. They needed a starting small forward, but they didn't have a lot of money to spend on one. So they kept the one they know. They kept James Ennis, who played okay uh, in his time with the Magic, certainly still getting used to things as, as the, before the year went on hiatus. Um, played okay in the playoffs. They kept Gary Clark to bolster their, their power forward position so that they have someone to kind of back up in case Chumo Kiki isn't 
quite ready or Alfred Aminu gets hurt again. Not bad. You know, certainly both Okiki and Aminu and Aaron Gordon, for that matter, can slide over to the three if necessary. They kept Michael Carter-Williams because they needed a third point guard. They had, you know, Mike Markel Fultz as a starter. Cole Anthony is a solid player, but a rookie. They needed a third point guard. And, and of course, Carter-Williams can play a little bit of the two as well. Someone they trust. And then they added Dwayne Bacon, who is a bigger kind of wing player. A, a better scorer than Wesawundu. Not Maybe not as good defensively. Solid, but, you know, not great defensively. But... Someone that's essentially going to play that role off the bench, off the end of the bench. I, I wouldn't expect to see him get very many minutes. The one theme does drive through this through line. And that theme is familiarity and continuity. Yes, last offseason we sold continuity, or the team certainly sold continuity, as something that would ultimately benefit this team. They'd be able to get kind of a jump start. They'd be ahead of the game when it came to training camp. Well, the Magic were hurt almost immediately. They didn't have the training camp they all hoped for. And the Magic kind of lost all the benefit of continuity at the end of the day. This year, certainly, with how quickly that there's going to be a turnaround to the season, perhaps the Magic valued continuity a whole lot more. Perhaps the Magic, knowing that they're not going to have much time to implement much change or install anything drastically new, figured... We've got to kind of meet, keep the boat steady if we want to accomplish our goals. And again, we'll talk about some of those goals and what, what this all means moving forward, but you can guess where I'm going with this. The Magic still want to make the playoffs. And they decided that kind of maintaining what they had was more valuable to them in free agency. This is all hiding. This is all kind of dancing around the fact that the only way the Magic were really going to make drastic improvements was through the trade market. The only way they were going to make a major dent uh, and and kind of push themselves to a higher plane into, into that group of teams fighting for home court advantage, perhaps in the Eastern Conference, was by a trade, by trading one of their star players, Aaron Gore, Nevin Forney, Nikola Vucic, and yes, I am using the term star very, very loosely. That was their only way. And to be frank, it, it looked like or it felt like the only deals on the market for the Orlando Magic were it, deals that would have made them significantly worse. There was that reported deal of, that the Portland Trailblazers offered. They offered the package that they got Robert Covington for, which was Trevor Reza and a draft, and a draft pick, uh, to the Orlando Magic for Aaron Gordon. Magic weren't interested in that. They didn't want a draft pick. They want a player. They want someone that can help the team immediately. And that deal just, for all their players essentially, just didn't seem to be on the table. Again, the Magic valued continuity because they want to compete. If the Magic didn't want to compete, they would have taken those deals. They would have taken those draft picks. I had a lot of people ask me during draft night, why didn't the Magic take any of these deals that are going, that are going around? And I was like, the Magic don't want draft picks. For better or for worse, the Magic did not want to make their team worse. They wanted to make their team better. And again, frankly, those kind of deals are not the deals the Magic want to make. Now, are those the deals the Magic will eventually have to make? Quite possibly. Quite possibly, the market was treating the Magic as if they were sellers. And the Magic weren't quite there yet. The Magic 
aren't weren't interested in using their cap space to take on your bad contract. The Magic wanted players. And judging by the fact that the Magic signed a 15th player and filled their roster up to the brim, suggests to me that those deals aren't out there, that the Magic aren't finding the deals they want. And not finding the deals they want, the Magic decided it's better that we try this all again. This season's essentially a wash. I I hate to say it. I I don't mean to be flippant about it, but without Jonathan Isaac, this season isn't going to appreciably advance the Magic further. The most important things that are going to come out of this season are Markel Fultz's development and what that means for his extension talks, which could still happen. Honestly, judging by the way the Magic acted in free agency, I get the sense that the Magic's main priorities and main goals this offseason are to get Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz's extensions done. And it would not surprise me if we hear about both extensions in, in the next week or before training camp. It would not surprise me if those both get done well before training camp begins. We already saw, obviously, the max guys go. Isaac and Fultz are not max guys. But I do think that the Magic will get deals done with Marco Fultz and Jonathan Isaac. And as much as we said that every move the Magic needs to make this offseason has to have an eye on the future, those two moves are probably the most significant moves the Magic could make for their long-term future than anything else that they do. Still on the table, still very possible. and That would be considered something of a success if they can get team-friendly deals done with both players. The bottom line is this. The Magic did not get the work done that they needed to do this offseason. The Magic needed to start shifting this roster to look like its future. And instead, we are getting the exact same roster we got last year. And that is a problem. That is not the direction the Magic need to go, as much as it might be the choice that they were forced to make. There's a lot to break down and a lot to think about with this roster essentially being the same The biggest one that has to be said, the biggest thing, the more things stay the same, the more things they must change. The Orlando Magic's future is coming inevitably, and the Magic are going to have to reckon with that throughout the course of this season. Before we dive into that topic a little bit more, we're going to have to break through our wall. We're going to have to break through with the best, best energy bar that I have found, the best protein bar ever. Built Bar is even more delicious than ever. Just finished a box today. Well, I didn't eat them all in one setting, but you know, I, I have like three flavors. I, I eat them kind of piecemeal when I feel like it. I like to mix things up. But I finished a box today, and I, I'm, I'm going to miss that flavor. I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss you, Vanilla. I'm going to miss you. Don't worry. I'll get you. I'll, I'll get more soon. The improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever, covering 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry Garcia, carrot cake. Apple Almond Crisp, and a whole lot more, including the 12 original flavors like German chocolate, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, coconut, peanut butter brownie, and a whole lot more. I don't even think the vanilla flavor that I had they make anymore. It was good. They should make it again. All bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they are extremely healthy. Well, not extremely healthy. Maybe that's too far, but they are healthy. The perfect snack for the great, for the health-conscious person. Loser maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for keto diets, many of them under 150 calories. Built Bar has reset the promo code for this relaunch, so if you've entered a promo code before, you can do it again. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
undoubtedly, disappointment is a fair response this offseason. Uh, I won't deny it. I, I, I know I've been kind of a, a, an advocate for more gradual change, and, and I did not expect the Magic to be super active this offseason. I, I, I am honestly not completely surprised by the lack of activity from the Orlando Magic, uh, but, but still, it's... It, it, Fans have every right to be a little disappointed. It's not that that change was promised or that the team said this, this, that, or the other thing and didn't deliver. It's that everyone sees the writing on the wall here. Everyone understands the limitations of the team. And frankly, I would imagine so does the front office. And nobody wants to be stuck where the Magic are stuck or, or in the position the Magic are in. Everyone is antsy to see the future. And yes, they're... There are plenty of fans who are just ready to see the page turned on an era that was frankly just frustrating beyond belief. There's certainly people who would rather be back in the lottery and perhaps even perpetually in the lottery than in the spot that the Magic find themselves in now. As I said, I always envisioned the offseason being conservative. Um, I always envisioned the team taking its time and not rushing into anything. If the right deals came along, the Magic would pursue them, they would get them done, but if the right deal wasn't there, they'd roll this thing back or they'd they'd keep a player until that deal came along. At the end of the day, the Magic's overarching and guiding philosophy has been that they want to make the playoffs. They're not going to sell out. They're not going to you know, do everything they can to secure the eighth seed. That's that's not the case. They, they still have a long-term vision in mind. And frankly, this offseason was them kind of trying to keep a foot in both waters just more painfully obvious than, than they have before. This team believes that the playoffs and playing meaningful games, late in the season especially, are the best way to build good habits, build a foundation, and develop young players. This Magic team, as it stands now, is younger than last year's team. All those who are are wanting the Magic to embrace a youth movement, they're getting there. Cole Anthony, Chuma Okiki will have to play critical roles this year. Mo Bamba is going to have to step up this year. Markel Fultz is going to have more control and, and a bigger role than he did last year without DJ Augustine as a backstop. This Magic team wants to give those guys power or give those guys responsibility and roles, and those guys are going to play. I know some people believe that young players only benefit from playing more minutes and playing starter-level minutes. That's just not this team's philosophy. That's just not Jeff Weltman's philosophy. They will play. They will get lots of time. But it's all going to be driven toward the greater purpose. And that greater purpose is making the playoffs. Steve Clifford has proven that he will play his five best players. He will find a way to make lineups work where he gets his best guys on the court. Got to gain his trust, of course. You got to commit there on defense first. But if someone gives him the best chance to win, he's going to play them. And that's ultimately what he cares about. That's ultimately the way he coaches, and that's why the Magic hired him. Because he holds players responsible to the greater goal which is winning, which is giving the team the best chance to win. And that hasn't changed. The Magic are still determined to make the playoffs in 2021. And that's why they're stuck. That's why they're in the spot they're in now. That's why 
frankly, they were unable to make the moves they wanted to make or that fans wanted them to make because the Magic weren't willing to give up the ship. Not yet, at least. Not as they're currently constructed. As currently constructed, the Magic are good enough to make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. The Magic have enough to compete and make the postseason, and they should believe that that is their goal. They should believe that that is the measure of success. And frankly, if the Magic don't make the playoffs, and yes, to me, that does include winning the play-in tournament, the Magic don't make that playoff field, this season should be considered a failure. That's, That's the standard around here now. As low as that bar might be, that is the standard. But what we do know almost unequivocally, is that this group, this group as it's constructed is not good enough to do more. It's not good enough to perhaps win a first-round series. It's not good enough to compete for home court advantage. They had their chance to prove that last year, and yes, injuries played a major role. But they didn't get there. Is Aaron Gordon being healthy for a full season and playing the way he did toward the end of last, last season or before the bubble? Going to get you there? Probably not. Is Evan Fournier going to be able to copy last season? Is Nikola Vucevic going to find that extra gear after his stellar playoff run? Perhaps. I'm not throwing it out throwing it out, out the window. But the reality is this team, they know who they are. But they're going to need to be more. In the NBA, there is no standing still. There is no holding your spot. You're either moving forward or you're moving backward. Look at what the Lakers did. The Lakers made moves. They made moves because they could. They had the capital to make them. They had the, the willingness to make them. They, you know, The things that they were willing to give up, teams were willing to take for the players that they wanted. The Magic don't have that. that, let's, that let's be real. The deals that were made for the for the kind of deals that, that that Magic fans wanted to make, like Golden State, with the trade exception, all Golden State offered to Oklahoma City was first was a first round pick, and not even a real first round pick. It was a top twenty protected first round pick. That's all they offered for Kelly Oubre. This is not to say the Warriors wanted Evan Fournier, but the Magic were not taking that for Evan Fournier. The Magic would frankly want Andrew Wiggins over a first-round pick. I don't think they would do that deal either, but that's the point. The deals that were offered to the Magic, that again, the Aaron Gordon deal with Portland, whether it's real or not, there's something there. You know, I just listened to an episode of Lockdown Blazers. They, they have been wanting Aaron Gordon for a long time. Aaron Gordon was their chief target. But all they were offering was Trevor Reza and the 16th pick. That's not what the Magic are looking for. The reality is, the Eastern Conference has gotten better. Atlanta's gotten significantly better. Adding Danilo Gallinari and potentially Bogdan Bogdanovich plus Rajon Rondo. They have work to do. They're still a young team. They're going to go through some growing pains this year, but that is a better team. Chicago probably got better just by adding Billy Donovan. The Wizards might have John Wall. They might have whatever they trade for John Wall. The Eastern Conference is better. Getting back to the playoffs, getting the eighth seed again is not going to be easy. And it's not looking like any teams above Orlando are going to drop down to to meet them. There's going to be five teams going for one spot. And only three of those five teams are going to make the play-in tournament. 
And the seven seed is going to have to get involved in, in obviously that other spot in that four-team tournament. It's going to be a battle to get to the playoffs this year. It's going to be a battle just to get in the play-in tournament. The Charlotte Hornets added Gordon Hayward. There's Those teams around Orlando made some serious moves. Or at least serious to make that low bar of the playoffs, that eight seed. And the Magic are going to have to fight and claw, and it's, it's theirs to lose. They're capable of winning it again. But that's not enough. All of this, and I'm waving my hands around wildly to, to, to say all of this, all of this is only emphasizing the fact more that change is coming. That change is inevitable and change must happen. Running it back again might just be a necessity of the market. It might just be a reality that the Magic could not accomplish their goals without doing, without saying the same. The market is telling the Magic, this is who you need to be. And the Magic, frankly, might be in a bit of a d- denial about it. The Magic aren't ready to blow it up and start over. They're not willing to do it. The pain of that or the cost of that is not something the Magic want right now. But that might be where all of this is pointing to. That might be where this team is eventually headed. Orlando needs their young players to play well. They need Cole Anthony to give them something this year. They need Chumo Kiki to give them something this year. They need Mo Bamba to step up. And that's going to put the pressure on the starting players. That's going to force decisions on the starting players to where the Magic are like, yeah, we'll give up Nikola Vucevic for this package of of kind of also-ran players or one guy we really like in a draft pick. Because Mo Bamba's ready to start. When we're making that trade, we're actually acquiring starting Mo Bamba. The Magic aren't there yet with any of their guys. Really, the only guy they might have been there with was Aaron Gordon. But Jonathan Isaac's hurt this year. And so, the Magic are staring down kind of the end of this run. Undoubtedly, the end of this run is coming. And undoubtedly, a rebuild of some sort, a a, a more real rebuild where they truly trust the young players is coming down the pike. There are decisions to make. Evan Fournay's contract expires at the end of the year. And I think it's safe to say that he'll be gone by the trade deadline. No matter what the case. I don't think the Magic re-signed him. I don't think the Magic have much interest in re-signing him. And if you believe that rumor from Zach Harper of The Athletic, Evan Fournier understands he's not coming back either and is hoping the Magic trade him to someplace he does want to be. Perfectly perfectly possible that that still happens. And that the Magic are trying to make that happen. It's still possible it happens before the, before the season begins. But the change is coming. As much as the Magic tried to delay it, as much as the Magic tried to prevent it, they are preparing for their future. They're preparing to hand the keys over to younger players. They're preparing to turn the page. The question is, when do they pull the trigger? Staying the same, keeping the same roster, trying this all again only makes that inevitability, that decision date, come a little bit closer. And if the Magic struggle to start this season, if the Magic are out of the playoff race, around the trade deadline, 
If this becomes an accidental tanking season, then that change might be coming much sooner than later. We'll talk a little bit about uh, about the Orlando City game, which was insane. Uh, a little bit of sports here in Orlando uh, coming up in a bit. But first, don't forget to check out our our check out Orlando, Locked On Magic every single day. We'll be back to, di- to to almost daily episodes now as we get ready for the beginning of the season. We'll continue breaking down free agency and all the possibilities coming up on Locked On Magic this week. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you download podcasts today. Check out some of our older episodes too. Many of them still hold up, I hope. I tried to kind of make these big sweeping statements so that you can listen to them whenever. Um, you can check out our draft episode from last week. And, you know, we talked to, to Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports a few weeks ago as well to prepare for the offseason. You can go back there and see how dumb we look now. Check out those pot check out Locked On Magic wherever you download podcasts today. There's still plenty to get to with free agency. There's still plenty to talk about when it comes to what the Orlando Magic are going to do, what the Magic are going to look like for the 2021 season. we got a month to figure all that out before the games actually begin. But the biggest event in Orlando, I would be remiss if we did not spend just a little bit of time talking about the insanity that was Orlando City's first playoff game ever. First MLS Cup playoff game ever. Uh, a 1-1 penalty shootout win that just defies logic. If you follow Orlando City at all, you know that this season has been a really special one. Orlando City uh, were extremely successful in USL Pro. They moved to MLS five years ago, and they have, frankly, just stunk. Um, they, they they came close to making the playoffs their first year with Kaká, um, but they have really struggled to find any type of kind of uh, foundation or identity at all. Um, you know, I, I had a joke that the, the, the motto for Orlando City is kickoff, draw, repeat. Um, there have been a lot of heartbreaks. There's been a lot of just poor, poor games in Orlando City's history. But this year was very, very different. Um, new coach and Oscar Pereja added a couple new players. They, they, they really seem to be finally figuring out how to build a team and how to build the, the kind of group they wanted to build. Um, it, this seemed like a much longer-term plan, and certainly that didn't get off to a great start. But then they get inside the bubble for the MLS's back tournament. They they finish runner-ups to that, and all of a sudden it feels like Orlando City's got something special cooking. They go on a 12-game unbeaten streak and finish fourth in the Eastern Conference. They get a home playoff game. Their first-ever playoff game is a home playoff game. Uh, and they face, essentially, their arch-rival in NYCFC. And five minutes into the game, they get a penalty kick and they score. They give up the equalizer three minutes later, and then the rest of the game is just a drag-out fight. But the insanity of this game happened in the penalty shootout. With Orlando City leading by one, so they're up 4-3, they only need a stop. They need a, a save or a goal to win the game. And their goal, their goalkeeper, Pedro Galese, who is the, the goalkeeper for the, uh, for the Peruvian national team, makes an incredible stop to win the game. Everybody is celebrating. Everybody is celebrating. But the officials, the officials on on his earpiece, calling up to the booth, they determine that Galese leaves his spot early on the penalty shootout, which is an automatic yellow card under MLS rules, apparently. And from there, the insanity begins. Because Galese was already on a yellow card. And so that means an automatic red card and an ejection. Or maybe it doesn't. No one's really sure. 
But the official decide the official you know decides that the, his interpretation of the rule is that a second yellow card in the game means Galese is given a red card and he is ejected from the game. That's fine. You put your backup in, right? Wrong. We're in a penalty kick shootout. You can't make subs apparently in a penalty kick shootout. So Orlando City calls upon center back Rodrigo Schlegel, guy who has not who is not a goalkeeper, had not played goalkeeper since his academy days, and never in a game. Oh, well, they would call on him if they needed to. Nani, of course, the Orlando City's best player, their captain, steps up and misses the kick that would have won the game. So yes, Schlegel will need to make a save at some point to give Orlando City the victory. First shot, he gets completely crossed up. He's no business in that. Second shot, he makes a nice dive. It's not terrible, but gets beat. Somehow, this guy who is not trained to be a goalkeeper in one of the most incredible, astounding scenes in in soccer, in international soccer history. Like, there are people who follow soccer, like, religiously, much more religiously than I, that said this was one of the more bizarre things they've ever seen in a soccer game. Something they'd never seen before and was just as unlikely to occur. Schlegel slides over, anticipates where uh, where New York City's shooter's going to shoot it, and makes the save pandemonium in the Purple Palace at Exploria Stadium here in downtown Orlando. Only for homegrown hero, homegrown player, Benji Michel, to put it away and send Orlando City to the Eastern Conference semifinals. I know we've talked about Orlando City here on the show on occasion. It is not something I usually do because I know you come here for magic information and magic talk, but this event is was just so unbelievable, uh, so unreal, just completely A, unexpected, but B, just downright amazing. This was just an unbelievable turn of events. Uh, again, something that you never see, something that is improbable and unlikely and impossible to happen. And somehow Orlando City won their first playoff game with a center back in net. A center back playing keeper. It's not the first time Orlando City's had keeper trouble in a playoff game. They had a play, they had a championship game against Harrisburg City in their first year in 2011, I believe, where Miguel Gallardo, their, their goalkeeper, committed a red card foul trying to stop a goal um, within the first five minutes of the game. And so the Ma- Orlando City played the entire game a man down. So that's the entire game, 90 minutes, plus 30 minutes of extra time, plus a penalty shootout. A man down and their backup goalkeeper in net. I believe it was Earl Edwards, I believe, was the keeper at that time. I might be wrong on that one. Um, but that was an incredible, incredible win, win that, that Orlando City you know, nearly lost there. This was just unbelievably insane. And obviously for Orlando City supporters who have gone through a lot and are some of the most passionate fans here in Orlando, a well-deserved victory. A victory that Orlando Magic fans and Orlando Magic players, Nikola Vucevic, uh, you know, who's a big-time soccer fan himself, they're cheering that on too. Orlando City will advance to the next round. They'll play in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the winner of the Philadelphia Union-New England Revolution match. That game will be Sunday. Uh, if New England wins Tuesday's game against Philadelphia, that game will be at Exploria Stadium uh, for Orlando City to host. If uh, Philadelphia wins, then they'll travel up to Chester to play uh, the Philadelphia Union, a team that they beat inside the bubble, I believe, um, in during the, uh, during the MLS's back tournament. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. Be sure to check out 
Locked On NBA on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, the host of the wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines. A lot to get to, of course. With the help of our local experts, subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to check that out. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast too uh, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr_md. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.